Grown Up and Grounded, and this is Trish. And this is Kate. We want to thank you for joining us. We're here with Madison from Maryland, and she's going to share her story with us today. How are you doing, Madison? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, so I w- thought we would first just start with you just telling us about where you live and what you're, you know, like what kind of area you live in in Maryland. Yeah. So I live in Western Maryland. I live in a fairly small town. Um, not a lot of people, but, you know, there's like a lot of restaurants and it's really busy for a small town. I don't know how else to describe it. It's a very <laughs> small, very small town. About how many kids are in your high school? A thousand, maybe. Oh, okay, oh. So that's small. Yeah. Small so yeah, town. and we should clarify: Madison is sixteen, almost seventeen, and almost. Uh, so she's a high school student. Uh, we are talking to you today because we talk a lot about family dynamics in our podcast. We've talked a lot about a different, a lot of different family dynamics and yeah. what goes into that for sure. And uh, <clears throat> Matt, Madison has a specific experience we want to share. Yeah, I mean, so we've talked a lot about family dynamics and different external factors that can influence family dynamics, but we've never really talked about, or not as much about some of the internal factors that can affect family dynamics. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is what it's like when a parent passes. And Madison, you have been through that relatively recently. And thank you for letting us talk to you about something that is difficult for a lot of people to talk about, but also society in general, I feel like is pretty uncomfortable talking about this sort of stuff in general. So thank you for being so open to, you know, the dialogue about that. We really appreciate it. Oh, of course. Awesome. Well, um, let's just jump right into it then. Okay. Well, yeah, I was thinking we'd kind of just start with what your childhood was like, like in your relationship with your parents and stuff. I was a very happy kid. I just loved everything. And (laughs) I was so, I was so close to both my mom and my dad. Uh, specifically with my dad, he would stay home a lot. So I would get to bond with him because he um, worked from home. When, like when I would have stays off from school, I would, he would work from home and my mom couldn't work from home. So I specifically got a lot of bonding time with him and I grew really close to him. And so when I was little, I just was like really, really close to my dad. And I was also really close to my mom, but you know, we just were a tight knit family. And Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were just, we were just like, we were just really close to each other. Mm-hmm. And so your dad worked from home throughout your whole childhood? Um, only when I would stay home from school or mm-hmm. like oh. when there were days off from school. So, And oh. you're an only child, right? Yeah. So it was the three of you really, really, just the, mm-hmm. just the three of you together. So it makes sense. You'd be a very tight knit crew. So tell us if there's anything about your child you wanted to share, but then when he was diagnosed and, and how that all kind of played out. Um, yeah, that was really hard on me. I remember like everything so vividly. I remember the day he um got into the hospital. I remember the day he got diagnosed. I remember like the day he died. Like everything is just so vivid. And for me, it was extremely saddening. It was just terrible for me. Cause obviously me being so close to my dad, it just I didn't know what to do. I was really sad and I just, I didn't know a lot of things. I, at the time he got diagnosed, I think I was, I was either 12 or 13 and just completely, I just didn't know what to do. And I didn't know, I just didn't know what was going on. I didn't know the full story. So did your parents sit you down and just tell you that your, your dad was sick? 
basically what happened is he was in the hospital and they he had fluid in his lungs and they did surgery on him to get the fluid out and i remember i um he went to the hospital and my mom kind of brought me into his hospital room and he's and she said that dad has cancer he, he has lung cancer i didn't know how to react i just i just started crying i didn't know what else to do me being so young it's hard to hear when your father when your parent has a terminal illness and we didn't know like cuz we were told so many different things by so many different doctors we didn't know what to think hmm and what was your understanding about cancer at that age i just knew that it affected a lot of people and there were many different types of cancer and i knew about chemotherapy that's and it, that was pretty much all i knew hmm. i didn't know things about like um cell mutation and um like how cancer could happen and what chemotherapy actually did i just knew it, ex- it existed Mm-hmm. So um, that experience taught me a lot of things that I didn't know. And did you yeah. go in like when you did your parents tell you like don't Google this or like did you go in and do like what most people do like an internet search the stuff you're not supposed to look yeah. at? <laughs> I didn't do that, but I know my mom did because <laughs> it just makes it. I mean, the internet doesn't really have a lot of positive information about cancer. Yeah. I think it's all just kind of scary. Um, so at that at that point, like when he was first diagnosed, I mean at this at this point, you're you're still used to him being a, around a lot. So what what did that mean once he was diagnosed and started to go through treatment? How did how did that change your your home life? I guess it actually didn't change um, until he started getting a lot more sick. Hmm. When he started getting a lot more sick, he had to, he was in bed all, he was in bed all day and he was so weak. He didn't eat a lot. And I remember the year that he died on Thanksgiving, he, he came down for Thanksgiving dinner. And that was like, that was like a really big thing Mm -hmm. because he stayed in bed all day. But, you know, after he, like right after he was diagnosed, nothing really changed Mm -hmm. except like when he would go, cause he got immunotherapy first. Mm. It it just really didn't um, affect a lot, mm-hmm. but it affected more when he started getting really, really sick. Got it. Got it. So at first, since it didn't make that much difference, was it easy to forget about at that point? Was it easy to kind of just like um, not really think about or were you still kind of was it always there in the back of your mind? That's actually a good question. I think that I just kind of forgot about it because um, so I was young and I thought, oh, he doesn't look that sick. So he's probably he'll probably get better. So I just I kind of just put in the back of my mind like, oh, yeah, he has cancer, but I don't think it's going to affect much. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even start seeing that until he switched from. Um, well, when the immunotherapy, like I started seeing really bad results for him. Mm-hmm. And then he switched to chemotherapy. I think that is when I kind of realized that, you know, this is not good. And I started going to therapy and my therapist, I still see this therapist. And she told me that the first thing I told her was, oh, he's not going to die. So I just, I was completely ignorant to it. And I just, I just decided really not to think about it. I don't know if I just decided, I don't know if that's what I decided or I was just completely ignorant. Mm -hmm. Maybe a combination, right? 
understandable yeah. in that situation. Um, I didn't know you had um, seen a therapist, so that's probably a, I mean, I would imagine is super helpful. Um, do you feel like, though, you know, I'm trying to imagine like a 13 year old girl, like when you're still growing up and figuring out who you are, which I mean, I guess you're still sort of doing now, um, also going to therapy to deal with this huge thing that's happening in your life. I mean, do you feel like that distanced you from other people your age or how did that affect your other interpersonal relationships? Um, therapy was something that, you know, was just kind of like another thing that I did when I was 13 years old. I was, I was, I was very, a very busy person. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like, Oh yeah. Like another thing that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I didn't really see it as like affecting me. I just kind of, Oh yeah. Another person to talk to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's that's probably a good thing though. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So once you, like your dad gets a diagnosis, I'm assuming you have best friends and everything. So how did you, like, did you talk to them about stuff too? Or did you feel like there were things that were off limits as you were watching the disease progress? Um, How did you, how did your friends, like you had a therapist, but how did your friends help you kind of cope through things? I didn't really talk to my friends about it all that much. I just felt like it was kind of a burden when I talked about it. I just felt like it kind of brought the conversation down and it brought the energy down in the conversation. I would only really talk about it if they would talk about it first. Hmm. And even then it wasn't a burden on me all that much. Um, But I would talk about it sometimes. And I know when he started to get more sick and my friends started to see that I got more sad. And so they would start talking about it more. And that would make me feel a little better, but I didn't, I didn't really talk about it with them. Hmm. Understandable. Okay. In what ways do you feel like at, at that point, it kind of how things like how it changed you like personally and you're like caring about school, caring about your friends. Like, did you start to change your perspective early on um, with things? Did you still feel like he was going to make it through? Like how long did that kind of hold out? There was, I know that when I hit eighth grade, I knew he wasn't going to make it. And that really, um, kind of screwed me because I just when I was at school I would tend not to think about it when I when I would get home it would just completely wash over me just like the knowledge that he was going to be really sick and and it it just it just really sucked I don't (laughs) I don't know another way to describe it other than you know I just felt sucky Mm -hmm. yeah and and it just really it was just really hard on me for sure and was it hard to get up and go to school or did you feel like you felt better when you left the house? So that would made it easy. It, it did. It definitely felt better when I left the house. There was one time where we thought he died and I went to school the next day because I didn't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and, hard. Yeah. So yeah. what, how did, how did your therapist help you work through that then? Like, especially an instance where you think your, your dad's going to die. And so it, he's at home at this point. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's home is a hard place to be. Did you feel guilty about like feeling like you wanted to leave? So you didn't think about it or. No, I know. I know. I never felt really guilty about it. I know. I definitely feel um, I felt guilty during when I was grieving and when I was, um, during my during my grief process I thought I should have been there for him more but you feel a lot of guilt during grief so it's just 
definitely kind of something else that was just kind of there. But um, during the time, no, I never really felt guilty. And I guess that was, I during grief, I thought I was kind of selfish, but, you know, I guess it really wasn't. Right. Yeah. It's just needing, but I mean, it's a lot to take in to think about, you know, there was already so much happening at that age, like Kate said, and then just to think about, you know, you, you can not think about it for a little bit, but then you come home and it's there in your face. Like, it seems hard to imagine being motivated to do really anything. Like, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not being overcome with sadness. Yeah. I mean, there are so many adults that don't know how to, you know, handle situations like that. So um, I can only imagine the impact that it had, you, had on you, especially at that age. I mean, do, I, I've heard or read or whatever that, um, you know, in these situations, it can really either distance you from other people your age because you feel like, you know, I mean, I guess I, I'm maybe assu- making assumptions here, but you could feel like, well, stuff that's bothering you, stuff that's bothering you other 14 year old, like that's nothing compared to what I've got on my plate. So, you know, I'm, I, I don't understand. I can't relate to, you know, your mind being on that or feeling like because of what you're dealing with at home, you feel so, I don't know, you come away feeling more mature or you come away from it very adult. So it's hard to relate to peers your age. Have you felt anything that relates to anything I just said? Or is that, am I like way off the mark here? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely did um, the thing where it's like, oh, your 14 year old problems don't compare to mine. Mm -hmm. I've definitely, I've definitely said that to people and I've definitely just done that to people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, it's unfair because everyone's battling their own demons. And I definitely did that. I definitely distanced myself from my friends because I just felt, it just felt hard to relate to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can. I can definitely imagine. Um, has has that still been the case for you now? Or do you feel like that's changed as you've gone through that grief process? Oh, it def- it stopped when I, um, when I came out of grief. It, that definitely what I did stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself still doing it sometimes, but I kind of have to just ground myself and be like, that's really not fair. Mm-hmm. That's a very mature mindset to have too. So, I mean good for you. Um, but I can imagine that's very, very challenging. What were the uh, conversations throughout the process that you were having with your parents? Like, um, do you feel like there were stages or were they just keeping you looped in and you guys were just always really connected through the whole process? I was just more looped in. Um, I don't think I really wanted to know much. We'd never really had to like sit down and have a talk. I think the one talk that we like sat down and have and had was, that he was going to stop chemotherapy because it was the chemotherapy was killing him faster than the cancer. I think that was like the one talk that we had as a family. But other than that, we really didn't have any like family meetings. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Now you said that growing up, you guys were all really close. Um, Did you stay really close and like tight knit through this process or did his did the cancer sort of make that difficult for you or or what did that look like? Yeah, we stayed really close. Um, we went on vacations and we still did stuff as normally as we could mm-hmm. because we wanted to make his last couple of years or his couple of months of his life as normal as we could. Mm-hmm. But it was still hard because, you know, he was so sick. There was one year we went to New Orleans and we did a cemetery tour and it was way too hot and he had to leave halfway through. Mm. So 
it was it was just stuff like that but we tried to be as normal as we could be Hmm, okay you mentioned like at the beginning you thought your dad was going to pull through and then you you said you wanted to make his last times really fun and stay close-knit and and do not really fun but like do things together as a family still so do you remember like you said everything is so vivid do you remember specifically when you had the realization that he may not make it yeah um I was in eighth grade and he's he's you could see that he was not okay there was something going on with his thyroid from the immunotherapy and he was he'd start he didn't eat he was very thin and I think that was the point where I kind of it kind of just clicked that he wasn't he wasn't gonna make it Mm. it might have been summer before eighth grade actually he was supposed to be taking medicine for it but it made him really depressed so he didn't take it Mm. and he had little to no appetite and he he was a big um, food junkie. He loved food. And so he ate very little and that, and he started getting very thin. And that was the point where I, it kind of clicked that he probably wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. And so were you in therapy at that point so that you were able to kind of work through that? Or how did you process all that once you had that realization? Yeah, I was in therapy pretty much right after he was diagnosed. I never really... Um, talk to my therapist about that realization moment, but I definitely had talks that kind of led me to that realization moment. Mm. Do you feel like you were prepared for that outcome in any way, or did you have to get prepared? Like, what was that process like? I don't feel like I was really super prepared. I think that in my head, I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's not, he's gonna be okay. And um, I never thought I would have to prepare for that. Mm. It was just kind of something that I just didn't really want to think about, I guess. Mm. Yeah, because I think that's probably the hardest thing, like, kind of coming to to terms with it, because it's natural human nature is to put it out of your mind. uh, That that's even a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So just trying to prepare yourself mentally for that outcome, it seems like that would be one of the more difficult parts of it. Yeah. So I'm curious um, now, how, how do you feel like, or do you feel at all as though your relationship with your mother has changed, like um, going through this? And then now, now that it's been just the two of you for a while, like how has that changed the dynamic for you guys? Oh, me and my mom have grown so close since my dad passed. We do pretty much everything together. We spend, we do a lot of things together. We kind of figure out things that my dad did. We kind of figure those things out together. And it's really good bonding time for me and my mom. Um, I figured out how to navigate better. And my mom just kind of lets me lead the way. And I just do that. My dad was a big fan of Halloween. And so we were putting up Halloween decorations Mm -hmm that was his thing. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of did that together. And that was really good bonding time with me and my mom. I think last year was the first time that we did that. Yeah, I think it was last year. That's good, though. I mean, that sounds that sounds nice. Like, well, I mean, part of the process, right? Like, it's Mm -hmm. not that it gets better, but it it gets a little easier, I guess, every year. So how, how long has it been since your dad passed? I think we're coming up on his third anniversary of his death. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so do you 
being an only child, do you ever feel like if you had siblings, this would have been an easier process or would have not made any difference? Like, have you thought about that? That was kind of one of the questions I wanted to ask. I have half siblings, so them being there for me really has helped me. But um, if I had like full siblings, I feel like they would have, they would definitely, I've, I would have felt like um, so much less alone. Mm -hmm. My half siblings, I just refer to them as my siblings because that's, I grew up with them and, you know, they were, yeah, they were a big part. Um, My dad was a big part of their life too. Mm -hmm. I think having them there really helps. But if I had, I definitely know if I had siblings that were my full siblings, I definitely feel like I would have felt a lot less alone. And I felt definitely felt like I would have someone to talk to. Um, well, tell us about your half siblings then. Um, yeah, cause I didn't, I didn't, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that either. Are they, um, on your mom's side or dad's side or t- tell us about them? How old are they? All that, all that good stuff. They're on my mom's side. They're all, um, a lot older than me. Mm. I think my brother, he's the second youngest and he's 25, I think. No, he's 26. Oh. My dad came into their life when my brother was, I think my brother was two when my dad came into their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, my two sisters, one is 30 and I think one is 32. Okay. So they were, I think, maybe 12 and 10. Okay. Um. So they grew up with him, basically. I know his death was really hard on them, too. Of course. Yeah. Having them be so far away because they live their own life, it was kind of hard to talk to them about what was going on and how I felt but they were really good about making sure that I was okay mm-hmm. that's good okay. and how do you feel like how did your fin- friends respond after your dad passed like was that something that you grew close to some and further away from others or how did that yeah I actually lost a lot of friends after my dad died a lot of people didn't understand why I was so sad. Um, the year after he died, I was especially sad. It was a first for a lot of things. And I was really sad. And a lot of people were questioning why I was so sad. So a lot of people liked to distance themselves from me. And I haven't really gained those friends back. Something that my therapist told me was grief will show you who your real friends are. And I think that's really, it's very true. And I've heard from other people that you lose a lot of friends when you're grieving. And that was especially true for me that I lost a lot of my friends and a lot of them talked really bad, talked really badly about me behind my back. I just don't think they, I don't, I don't think adults understand and especially kids don't understand what grief is like. It was so many people just didn't understand. And that was really hard on me because I wanted my friends to be there. And a lot of the times they just, they just weren't. But I do, I did have a lot of friends that they were like, I don't understand what you're going through, but I'll be by your side the entire way. And um, those friends I'm especially grateful for. I know it was definitely frustrating for them at times, grief, my, what I was doing and what I was, um, and my grief, but you know, they still stood, they still stuck by me and they still were there with me the entire way. Yeah. It's hard because as a society, we don't really deal with grief or death at all. We America does not have a positive relationship with the idea of death. So it, it makes it difficult. And I've, I've heard that often that people lose a lot of friends um, after someone 
dies or even when someone is sick because people don't want to confront it. They don't want to say the wrong thing or they don't know what to say. So they just choose to say nothing. There's just so many different scenarios and it really all comes down to the unhealthy relationship we have with death. That's why, um, I admire like the, you spoke about Halloween, like the Dia de los Muertos celebration because it really allows for a space of grief and, just not not being afraid to talk about the dead or not making it awkward. Like mm-hmm. just everybody's acknowledging that they've lost people they love and, and as a community they grieve and work through it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah um, I mean a situation like that I'm sure makes the grief worse, right? Because not only are you mm-hmm. grieving what you're going through and all the complicated emotions that come with that, but now you have to deal with the complicated emotions and grief of losing friends that you thought you were going to have forever. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine how that all just comes together. Yeah, it was really, it was definitely very hard on me. I didn't know. I was questioning if I was doing anything wrong or if I was too mean to them or if I was just um, like draining them, draining their energy with my energy. And it was definitely very hard for me when I was grieving. Yeah, it sounds like they had an expectation of how you were supposed to respond and what was the appropriate time to grieve and when, like, like there's a date that you're supposed to be over it, and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which I think a lot of people somehow in their heads get, but probably especially teenagers. Well, it's like this idea of like every day should get better, right? Like, so every day you should be better than the day before. So I don't understand why today you seem more or more emotional or upset or whatever it is than three days ago. I don't, you know, it's until you go through grief, you don't understand that it's, it's not this linear path that you're on, right? Every, every day is different. I mean, you know, you you just, you never know what's going to compound it to be worse than the day before or something. And like like you said, there, each time there's a new first, like your first holiday without him, his first birthday, your first birthday, like all of that. It's hard mm-hmm. again. Yeah, and it's that's really true with grief. There's every day is different with grief. You it can either feel really good or just really bad, and you can just miss them so much. And I know I definitely still have those days where I miss my dad more than others. Like I just got my driver's license, mm-hmm. and I would have loved for him to be there when I was there, and that made me really sad. Mm-hmm. So that day, I started missing my dad a lot. But you still get those days where you just feel like you're back in grief when you're not Mm -hmm. but it's yeah that's definitely true that every day just during grief every day it's just completely different the way you feel Mm -hmm. I mean it seems like you know despite all of those things and maybe time has has helped you know you you're able to obviously you're able to talk about this you know very well how long do you feel like it took before you could you know sort of talk about him or think about those memories um without it being overwhelming I don't know that's a really good question (laughs) I think maybe last year I think Mm. last year um I became a little more like I just became more familiar to me talking about it Mm -hmm. because I know we would do the my freshman year we had a grief um group in school Mm -hmm. and I remember I would just break down and I just couldn't talk about him. I just, I just, I didn't know what to say. And that eventually just, the more I started talking about him, the more I just became, it just became more familiar to talk about him. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I think as the years go on, I think it just gets a lot easier to talk about him. It doesn't get better per se, but it gets a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And I think that could be a big part of it too. Yeah. Is there, is there a a shift to where it becomes when you think about him or talk about him, it's, um, it's more of a happy memory as opposed to one that's making you sad or does it just become mixed? Like both. Both. I think just talking about the way he was as a person just makes me really happy because he was a really good person. He um, was the kind of person who would laugh at his own jokes and he would be, he was really goofy. And I think doing that just makes me, like talking about how he was just makes me extremely happy. And the thing, the things that makes me really sad is just talking about the day that he died and how I was during grief. I think that specifically makes me very sad mm-hmm. because, you know, I just remember the day he died so vividly and the day after. And just thinking about how I felt specifically and how the people around me were feeling, it just, I kind of feel like I was back. I kind of feel like I was back or I am back. Mm-hmm. When you remember it, you feel it just immediately takes you back to that. Yeah. And and did you, in that moment, did you feel like you weren't going to get through it? Or like, did you have any idea of how hard it would be to get through it? Like what kind of was that process like? I had no idea what grief was going to be like. I thought grief, I thought grief would be what everyone told me it was that oh yeah it it gets worse before it gets better like that's just what I thought grief was and I was like oh I don't know what that means so I'll just (laughs) kind of figure it out but it was just I just remember being so confused and completely clueless about what was going to happen I had no idea that grief would take the toll on me that it did and the toll of the people around me that it did and it was can you put that toll into words like how how do you describe it um each stage of grief is more confusing than the last i i specifically didn't know how to handle the anger stage of grief so what i did is i would just be angry at everyone for nothing and that was really emotionally draining and i just felt completely dried out i don't know a better word to describe it other than dried out I just felt really emotionally exhausted. I felt like sad was the only thing I could feel. Hmm. And I was just very dull. I That's a, definitely a good word to describe how I was. I was very dull. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell that I was completely different and that something was wrong. And it was very tolling for me emotionally and physically. I think the physical symptoms of grief is something that people don't talk about. Headaches. You get a lot of headaches, a lot of random pain. And you just feel really exhausted. You're physically exhausted. Kind of like the feeling you don't want to get out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. It was just really one of the worst emotional things that I've ever gone through. Now, I'm sure that, um, you know, your your mom is going through these similar feelings as you during this time, right? I'm sure you two are sort of in yeah. this together. Did you guys talk openly about what you were feeling during that time? Or 
were you both sort of doing your own thing and maybe talking about it later? Or protecting each other. Yeah, protecting each other from each other's sadness. I don't know. We didn't really talk about our specific symptoms of grief. I know my mom said she got a lot of nightmares and a lot of... I don't know if she said she got flashbacks. I know she said she got a lot of nightmares. And that's, I think that's the um, only thing that she really told me about her grief. I didn't really talk much about my grief with my mom. I told her that I was really sad. Mm -hmm. And there was that one point I started questioning if I had depression. And I told my mom that. But I didn't really talk much about what I was going through with my mom. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it sounds like some of the symptoms of grief are the same as depression. And how... (laughs) do you discern that? Like, did someone give you tools to work on that? Was that all coming through from your therapist? Uh, or were there people in your life that helped you understand the difference? Or was it just going to the doctor? I don't really know. Like I said, I don't, I didn't know if I was depressed or if I was grieving. And my therapist said the same thing. She was like, a lot of the symptoms are very, of symptoms of grief are very similar to the symptoms of depression. So I didn't really talk to anybody about it. Um, I talked to my therapist about it. And she was like, we can give you medication. And I heard really bad things about antidepressants. So I just, I didn't want to take them. So I don't really specifically know if I had one or the other. And I didn't really work on that with anybody because I just didn't really want to think about it. So you and your mom, were you going through a lot of the stages at the same time? Or like, were there's a phase where you were both angry or both overwhelmingly sad and then how did you guys deal with that? Um, I don't think that we really hit the stages at the same time. Something that my therapist told me was that none of the stages can be in order. They can all be in and out of order. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't know if we really hit any of the stages at the same time. And we didn't really, um, like I said, we didn't really talk about it that much. So I don't really know if we did. but. I'm sure at one point we definitely did, but we just didn't talk about it all that much. So I don't really know specifically. Mm. And so, I mean, I know you said you and your mom are are very, very close now. Um, When you were going through these stages of grief and, you know, maybe not talking about it as much, do you feel like your relationship during that time was a little bit more distant and you got closer over time or like going through grief at the same time, but separately, how did that, um, you know, sort of affect your, your relationship with her? We were definitely still very close. We, we tried to be very, we tried to be as close as we could, especially during that time, Mm -hmm. try to stick together, but we just didn't really talk about how we were feeling all that much. Mm -hmm. My my mom would always ask me like how I was feeling and I wouldn't really answer because I didn't really want to talk about it, Mm -hmm. but we definitely were still very close during that time. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like she knew, you know, when to like just be there for you without talking about it. Yeah, and you guys had that for it's each other. It's an important other. skill that not everybody has. Well, especially since you said when it came to your friends, you felt like you were alone. So obviously, your mom, your relationship with your mom was kind of the one thing that you weren't alone in, right? You mm-hmm. were both. You knew yeah. she was going through the same thing. What do you do? You feel like what are the things that really helped you? process through your grief like did you have specific friend like were there anything specific that you can recall that really helped you process through I think just finding a good group of friends and 
making sure they're okay um, with you talking about it. I think just talking about it in general really helps. Speaking about your issues um, may seem like it hurts other people, but people are there for you. And that's something a lot of people don't understand. And that's something I definitely didn't understand. I didn't want to talk about it because I felt like I was bothering my friends when I talked about it. And they were like, and I had this one friend who specifically was like, hey, like, do you want to talk about anything? Like, I, I'm here for you. Do you want to talk about it? And I know that I would just talk to her about what I was going through all the time. I would just, and that specifically really helped me. She was definitely someone who was there for me a lot. And I really, I didn't, I, at, at that time, I didn't realize how much I needed that. And I definitely needed it. And I just wish more people um, did that for me. But yeah, that, I think that was um, pretty much, I think just talking about it just really helps. Talking about anything that you're going through just really helps. It's true. true. And having a Very great true. girlfriend that you can rely on really helps you get through anything. <laughs> Even if the girlfriend is your mom or your sister or whatever, like just having those uh, relationships are are pretty powerful because just the way women lift each other up is something that's kind of miraculous. Very special. Yeah, for sure. So like you said, people are there for each other, right? At the end of the day. It's very true. So how has this changed your perspective you know, as as a junior in high school, like how do you feel like it's changed your perspective in looking at things? I felt like it's made me a lot more mature, and it's made me kind of realize because, you know, when I was thirteen, fourteen, well, before I was th- before my dad got diagnosed with cancer, I was very ignorant to a lot of things that were going on. I um, thought the world was just a wonderful place. And after he got diagnosed, I just kind of realized that the world sucks. <laughs> Ain't that the damn truth. That life was just really unfair. And that life is just luck at the draw. And I think that is something. And I think that has really changed my outlook on myself and my outlook on life in general. Hmm. It's kind of grounded me more. I think that's the best way I can describe it. It's yeah. Yeah. It sounds like maybe you had like a little shift in perspective. I think you were able through that. It sounds like through that experience, you were able to see outside yourself, which is something a lot of teenagers, because they don't have these really life changing experiences. You know, usually you don't learn that until you're older, like to Mm -hmm. see, to be less, less self-centered. It sounds like Mm -hmm. you were given that, gift earlier in in a sense the gift of seeing that but not the gift of losing your father which is not um, a gift <laughs> not a gift not a not a great way to have yeah. that experience but um, yeah because yeah high school that's kind of what high school is all about everybody's they're kind of thinking of themselves which is normal yeah no totally i mean yeah. that's what i mean that's yeah. that's what it is and you have that to, to step outside of so i'm curious growing up did you ever think of yourself as someone who wanted to um like get married and have children yeah I definitely I definitely knew when I was little that I wanted to yeah I definitely wanted to get married and have kids do you feel like this experience has changed that um that thought process for you in any way I don't think so 
I don't think I've ever really thought about it. That's actually a really good question. I'm <laughs> sorry. I've about it. Just curious. Well, and, and you mentioned that you learned that life is unfair. So how does having an understanding that, you know, bad things happen to good people, like it's, it's nice to live in a world where you think bad things only happen to bad people. Uh, how, how does that like affect your, like you, what you want to do as you get older or, you know, just how you confront each and every day, like what, it, cause that's the profound thing to say that you, life is not fair. Like to, Yeah. I think this whole situation got me, um, it made me a lot more understanding of things that are going on in the world. It made me realize that, that the world, like obviously the world isn't perfect. And it made me really deep into political issues. It got me really deep into political issues which is something I know a lot of kids don't like talking about and don't like thinking about. But I found out that I want to be a lobbyist when I grow up. That was something that I really wanted to do because I looked up majors that I could do with politics and I found lobbying. And I think if I didn't have that realization that the world is not a good place and just not completely unfair, I don't think I would have ever came to that conclusion. So is that your kind of what you want to do now is try to make the world a more fair place? Is is that fair to say? Yeah, I I definitely want to make some difference in the world. Well, good for you. Yeah, I was kind of hearing that little bit of social justice type of thinking, not necessarily, you know, but just like realizing that make the world a better place make for the other better people. place yeah. because mm-hmm. it is unfair and, and some people have even less advantages than others just by the design of the system. Absolutely. And mm. so now how do you think getting through like all of life's big moments, like obviously you'll always have a wish your dad was there moment, but how do you think, um, like, is that something that you, again, just one of those grief days that you think will be up or down or, like, have you thought about that? Like, your graduation's going to be coming next year. Yeah. Wow, Mom. Wait, or the just, year after. No, just I'm just... Dig that knife in. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that. I'm just, like, curious. Okay. Like, how... Do you, is that something you think about ahead of time? Like, yeah. you know, a lot of people think about the things that people are going to miss when they pass. So I was just wondering if that's something you've already kind of dealt with or, uh, or not. Like, you just don't really think about it until some dumb podcast host asks you the question. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I definitely know that I'm going to have those moments. I know that I'm going to have it during graduation, when I get when I get accepted into college or if I get accepted into college, when I graduate college, when I get married, when I when I get when I have kids. Def- I'm definitely going to have those moments for the rest of my life and probably even with little things too. Like, you know, my first time getting gas or something stupid like that. Right. Yeah. How do you prepare yourself for for those moments? I mean, is is there a uh, a coping mechanism or a tool or a mental exercise you do or how how do you get through that there's really nothing you can do to prepare yourself I mean you're the way you react is the way you react and you don't really know how you're going to react in that situation mm-hmm. if you're going to cry if you're gonna just feel like oh I wish my dad was here mm-hmm. or, if, or if you're just gonna like scream you just don't you just don't know how you're going to react in that moment so hmm. I don't think there really is anything you can do to prepare yourself. Hmm. 
Is that something, having a grief therapist, like, do they work on uh, helping you acknowledge that that's going to happen and it's okay to just feel whatever you feel in that moment if it is anger or sadness or? Hmm. We've never talked about that specifically, but I do know that she did say that I'm going to have those moments and that they're going to be really confusing. I think that was just something that I kind of just figured out on my own. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Well... And and you still work with your therapist? Mm-hmm. And yeah. how, like, do you feel like there's a great value in that? And, like, having a therapist even, maybe not a grief therapist, but later is something that you'd want to do continue? Or what are your thoughts on therapy in general, I guess? I think therapy is really, I think it's really helpful. And you, you um, create such a bond with those people. And I don't know if I'll continue how much I'll continue therapy in the future. But I know even people who are mentally healthy need to, should go to therapy because even just having that person to talk to is just really nice. But yeah, I don't know if I would continue in the future, but there's a possibility. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely think that there is something to be said for having someone who doesn't have a stake in the outcome of whatever happens or in your emotions to be able to go in and share an emotional thing. Absolutely. That you don't have to filter. We've advocated for all sorts of therapy from day one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. So I think um, as we're winding down, I just mainly wanted to ask you, like, what would you say to people that are listening that, um, how they can work with people who are experiencing loss or going through grief, like what would your recommendation be, especially to other teenagers? Hmm. I think the only thing I have to say is don't say anything stupid. I think that's (laughs) the only thing. Um, Just be there for them. They, they need you more than ever. If you don't know what to say, just say, like, I don't understand what you're going through, but I'll just be here with you. And because people who are grieving aren't in, necessarily in the right mindset, and they may be very emotionally exhausted, but they need friends right now more than anything, and mm-hmm. they need you to be there for them. And do you think the ways that people can be there for you are different? Like, do you feel like how someone could be there for you when your dad was sick versus after he passed? Is there a difference or just as long as they make it clear that they're for, they're for you no matter what, that that's all that matters? I think just making sure that they're there for you. And I don't think that there should really be a difference. I think when you know that your parent is sick and when they die, it's definitely they're definitely both sad, but they're both different. And But you still need to be there for them as much as you can. Yeah, just make sure you're there for them as like much as you can be because they definitely need you right now. Mm -hmm. So it's not a time to like pull back and let you grieve. It's a time to like Mm -hmm. gather in and uh, show support in whatever way. Yeah. But grief is definitely a time where like you want people to treat, treat you differently, but you want people to treat you the same. Hmm. And that's something that I don't even understand. Like I definitely (laughs) felt that way. So don't like smother them with attention. (laughs) Um, But just make sure that you reach out to them, but don't text them like every five minutes because then they'll start to get annoyed. Mm -hmm. Treat them as kindly, but try to be as normal as you can. 
if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. it does. I think for sure. Can. Good advice. Do you have any I, suggestions that you would give for people to become more comfortable with uh, loss? Um, and like I said, and you know, in America, dealing with death as a as a thing that you know you can remember and it, and it's okay. Like kind of trying to change society, like how we can get to a point where we talk about it more and we're more comfortable so that you don't have to lose friends because nobody knows what to say. Grief is very confusing for the people that are around you and the people that are going through it. As much as you might not understand it, the, the person that's go- grieving right now may not understand it just as much. Grief is completely normal and there's not a timeline for grief. You will probably experience um, experience grieving moments for the rest of your life. And you will never stop missing that person. That person will, there'll always be a hole in your heart for that person till the day you die. That person will never leave your mind. So the idea that people eventually stop grieving or stop missing that person is completely misleading. That that person will probably be sad for a long time about that person and they'll miss that person forever. So if you see someone who's sad because they lost a person, maybe a year later, don't just look at them and be like, why are they sad? Like that happened a year ago. Shouldn't they be over it? You never get over it. It's always, there's always going to be a hole in your heart for that person. Yeah. And there'll always be reminders. So Mm -hmm. be kind. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is true. I think people think that that's a thing. Like there's a, a point where you grieve and then you just let it go and you don't think about it anymore like it seems like that's kind of in a nutshell what you said made me think yeah that's kind of our attitude um as a society about how grief is like Mm -hmm. you're supposed to just and so then people don't feel comfortable talking about it anymore because they passed this pretend timeline of when they're supposed to be done and over yeah and that was especially true for me i know the i said i think i said this earlier but the year after he died was the hardest and none of my friends understood and they all were like, why is she still sad? Like, I don't mm-hmm. understand why she's still sad. Like, shouldn't she, she, she be over that at this point? And they it's just, yeah. It doesn't work it, that way. Yeah. And that's kind of what some of my, some of my other friends were kind of like, that's just not how it works. And they just don't understand. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I think, I I think that's probably key to being able to change our perspective is understanding that, like you said, they'll, you'll always grieve and miss that person in your life. So if the sooner that we accept that as a society, that that's okay, then it's okay to remember them and talk about them. And Mm -hmm. there's no expectation of how someone else is supposed to feel about the loss. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I appreciate that you said that. That's good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah, talking to for us about this. Me. Yeah, we'll, um, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. And I'm sure there are probably a bunch of other things you'd rather do, but we enjoyed talking. Okay. And yeah, um, I really appreciate right. hearing about all your experiences. Well, thank you for having me. It sounds like you're doing really well. And I'm glad you just got your driver's license. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, have a good one. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. We just want to do a recap after our interview with Madison. Yeah, I mean, um, during that process, I mean, illuminating to, to get to talk to her about that, but I couldn't help but think about some of the um, 
jokes or comments or whatever we've made in the past. Um, one of them being, oh my God, I don't know what I would do if you died. <laughs> like, I'm like, so not ready to face that level of adulthood. Um, and I know that we joke as a family that like, if you were, if something were to happen to you, I would quit my job and move back in with dad and take care of him and just not know what else to do with myself. And I just really feel like that's still true. So was that it? That was the main thing you're thinking? Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it sort of reminded me about those, those things that we've talked about on the podcast and you know, that's, I, I'm almost 30 and I don't know what I would do if one of you got sick and passed away. And I've said that so many times, but it was just all I could think about while she was talking. It's like mm -hmm. how to, to deal with that so young. I cannot oh, imagine. I, I can't imagine it either. That's, I mean, I think that's why like some of my questions may have seemed a little awkward or like whatever that one where I kind of put my foot in my mouth, but I, <laughs> because I just think, how do you, at such a young age, how do you process that? I'm 54 and I still have both my parents and all my siblings, yeah. like, I mean, I've lost grandparents, but yeah, it, I, it's hard for someone who hasn't experienced that to imagine. And, and she definitely kudos to Madison. Like she's got it together. She's, yeah. Clearly. I mean, to not only be able to have gotten through that and come out with, you know, a better relationship with your mother and all of that stuff, it sounds like maybe not better, but just as good. Um, to get through that and also to be able to sit down and talk about it and, mm -hmm. you know, talk about it from such an educated perspective of, you know, helping other people through this process is, is really amazing. Yeah. So. And you can tell she's just grown and learned so much about herself through that process. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I would be, would have been that strong, <laughs> honestly, I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, I think she hit it you know, right on the nose when she was talking about like how some days were just really hard and you just, you, it just, what, what was the word she used? Dull, right? Mm -hmm. Like just, you feel dull, like, like Drain, trying to drag yourself said, through, through a yeah. mud puddle just mm -hmm. to get through life and other days were fine. So I, yeah. I feel like she gave a very good, uh, fair assessment of, of that, uh, a realistic approach to what grief was life. Absolutely. Like. It's, it's hard because, you know, having that conversation, she's doing very well. So it's hard to imagine, but like you could tell that it, that some days were really difficult mm -hmm. for sure. And I can't, again, I can't imagine. Yeah. But if anybody else is going through something like that, we're always here. We'll listen. If yeah, nothing will. else. No, and we won't even make you record. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can just send us an anonymous email. That's fine too. <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, a th good big thank you to Madison again for just being brave enough to and open enough to talk about all of that and all she's experienced and is experiencing. Yeah. If you like Grown Up and Grounded, please leave us a review on whatever platform you're using. This will help other people find our podcast. As always, we want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper, who provides the music we use in our episodes. The song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com. <laughs>